Welcome back to a tall glass of podcast, ladies and gentlemen out there listening. We want to apologize for the hiatus, but we are back. And we are back with one hell of an episode. I'm joined, as always, by Anthony. Anthony, say hi. Hello, what's going on? And Jim. Hey, everyone. And uh, on this episode, we want to talk about something very near and dear to our hearts. And that is movies and cinema. This is something that uh, a lot of podcasts do cover out there. Um, there are some podcasts just dedicated to talking about movies, but here at Tall Glass of Podcasts, we kind of want to give our own little spin on uh, how we feel towards movies and how we feel towards cinema. And uh, we hope that you enjoy it. And we hope that it really just hits home for some of you guys out there. Anthony. Yes, Mike. I want to ask you, what was the first time you saw nudity in a movie? Mm. I got to go back to like the American Pies back in the day. Those. Yep. Tommy Walsh's basement. Oh, I you, saw, you saw an American Pie on that American Pie, huh? I did. I yep. did. When I, when I think of. Uh, Nadia. I, yeah. That comment. Oh, yeah. That's, that's what I think of. Oh, Yes. <laughs> Oh yes, by all by all accounts, not a very good movie, not, not a good set of movies, not well directed, not well acted, but sure sticks out. You know something? You know why though? It's one of those. It, it doesn't. It, certain movies just have an all time idea that almost everyone can relate to, like mm -hmm. The Hangover, getting super mm -hmm. hammered in Vegas, and like you know American <laughs> Pie, like bunch of high school senior boys trying to like lose their virginity before college, like. That idea, because everyone can relate to it, can make up for a lot of like bad acting, bad plot, whatever the case is. You know, um, it has that kind of lasting power and relatability to the audience. No, for sure, Jim. I mean, you hit it on the head. I mean, that's what I believe truly that movies are designed to do. It's it's um, something that can tie us together universally. Just bring these ideals to the forefront that we all are feeling, that we're all thinking, and. Uh, really get to us get to the core so mike what is your when you are looking at rating a movie or a tv show what is your most um important aspect so for me it's all about character development like i'm not a big action movie guy i like comedy let me interrupt you right there i'm not even sure what that means what does character development mean uh for those of you that have seen breaking bad okay and the character arc that um Brian Cranston's character Walter White goes through from the first episode to the last and um, seeing how he transformed from being this like mm. down on his life, luck mm -hmm. high school chemistry teacher to being a drug kingpin that mm. has like no mercy on his enemies. Um, that type of transformation of a character is easier to do in a TV show because you have more time but yep. certain movies can really do a good job of, of kind of doing the exact same thing. And, and for sure, Jim, I know what you're saying. I think the, the but also a development of a character uh, is, seems like it's more noticeable when they do change drastically, as in the case of Walter White. Um, you know, there's some actors out there that no matter who you, whatever movie you watch them in, it's, you like watching them, but it's still the same person. Mark Wahlberg comes to mind, right? We talk about the movie that departed. I think that's Mark Wahlberg in every single movie he's ever been. 
for the most part. He's the same person. Like there's a no arc. Bostonian. Listen, yeah. there's no <laughs> arc there. I love watching him though. I I'll watch him do anything because it's entertaining. But um, you know what's important to me? Going back to your original question, you know the writing has to be good and the acting has to be good. And besides that, I'm all set. I'm good to go. If the writing is good, the acting is good. I don't have to go much deeper than that. I mean, there's definitely some shallow series and shallow movies I've watched as far as an arc goes. It's also weird with an arc, especially when you're talking about Walter White or someone like him. Like, I don't know. I feel like in the beginning I saw him as what he was. Um, but maybe that was just me. I don't know. Anthony, when you're watching a movie or a television series, what's most important to you? Mm. you gotta have a good plot you gotta have something intriguing that's gonna catch your attention um and then for me it's also like kind of the impressions um expressions that characters kind of bring out in their in their character when you can really see like wow that person totally took over that role yeah you know, like, I and think you can of, feel that yeah. in certain movies some, or and TV shows. Sometimes it's just like the actor or actress is going to get thrown in it and they just go through the motions and then others really like invest in being that person and everything that person has to offer for that film. Yeah. Mm. You hear stories of like when the writers were producing a TV show, they only had intentions of you know, a character being in the show for one season. Yeah, for and then sure. they end up being just so good or just owning the role that they end up, you know, staying on. Um, what's funny is the movie Heavyweights with Ben Stiller. Yeah, I knew if you go back. I knew it was going to come up. I dude, swear to God. I knew it. I've seen that movie one time, like in 1996. I got to watch it again because I don't get any of these references. Oh my go God. If you go back and watch the trailer, because trailers are typically made way before um you know the movie actually fully is produced the role that ben stiller plays is definitely going like envisioned in the trailer to be a supporting actor role and like the main stories gonna be around these like fat kids that become you know uh united against their counselor and then overthrow them and then you know camp hope and they win the the derby against camp mvp like he has a very minor role in this trailer and then you watch the movie and he just completely stole the show. And that's the only like quotes and, and uh, everything that comes out of that movie relates back to Ben Stiller's performance or, you know, on a more serious note, like the dark Knight, um, and really that whole series, I think the antagonists in Batman begins the dark Knight and dark Knight rises are more memorable characters than Christian yeah. Bale, who was a great Batman. That's not a knock on Christian Bale's performance. He's an <laughs> exceptional actor, but. Yeah. We all know your favorite Batman is George Clooney. <laughs> and I, think that's, I think that's everyone's favorite, true. Uh, the guy just, he just fucking nailed it. Just fucking. <laughs> yeah. And when they show, like, show him suiting up yeah. and they zoom in on his butt cheeks, it's like, yes, that's. That's what twelve-year-old me. That's what I paid for, right you there. Can't forget, you can't forget Ben Affleck was Batman too. I can't forget Anthony. I choose <laughs> Thank you very much. It's a conscious decision, actually. <laughs> I choose. I choose to forget him. No, but so, I, 
do you what what do you think uh going back to heavyweights and, and Ben Stiller what do you what do you think you know happened to for Ben Stiller to really like own that role was it you think there was because if if he saw the trailer and you know going through it and the directors weren't really like putting him as the main character but then can I say what I think it was and I've not seen the movie can I can I just really quickly say what I think it was I think Ben Stiller was probably not the star he is now not even close right what did he have been before that happy Gilmore which was by the way a fucking great role for him when he plays the nurse That's, that is his best role the older really better than any role he's ever played but anyways um he didn't have much going for him they give him the script and they say hey we want you to be in this movie it's called heavyweights he's like fuck <laughs> it already sounds fucking terrible they give him the script and he's like okay yeah just what i thought it's fucking garbage and they're like, yeah, and you've got a couple lines and they're going to come together and they're going to be friends and mentors. And he's like, this script is white hot garbage. I want nothing to do with this. But he signed on to a contract. He said, you know what? I'm going to get in there and I'm going to fucking shine. Yeah. And what that meant is I'm going to stand out. I'm going to get in there. I'm going to be over the top, outrageous. Yeah. And... I'm Way more to... than your typical Disney movie. And that's another thing. Like, he kind of, <laughs> yes. that's yes. not Disney's right. calling card for, like, so, this very insensitive, like, psycho. It. It, <laughs> it might got to the point where the producers are like, we can't release this under a Disney banner. I mean, it's just not, it's not appropriate. Because um, you don't hear about that movie. Like, that movie came out in our, in our lifetime, but I don't remember it ever being promoted. Do you? No, it's funny because it has some relatively... Um, not like stars, but actors that went on and played in Mighty Ducks. There's a couple of them in that movie. Right. Right. Um, Great series. By the the dad from uh, the guy that in and uh, Hangover. That's like what happens in Vegas. The I think it's Alan's dad. Oh, that's yeah. like Maury Gardner in heavy in heavy weights. <laughs> um, but I think it got to the point where he was like, you know, I I honestly think that they tried to suppress it. A little bit because again Probably. you don't hear it you don't hear about it yeah but I mean, I it never ever played on like disney channel of course not dude never. it's volatile it's no. it's come on this day and age especially that movie's <laughs> going to be buried there's a lot of fat shaming in that in that movie but uh he, he owned it he, i'm not gonna say he, he definitely owned it still the nurse in happy gilmore <laughs> his best role ever it was a short period of time he, he shines though in that movie Toity straight down on the right, dear. <laughs> All right, that's so a, that's a classic. We established what we think makes a good movie. Now, instead of going into the what's your favorite movie, let's let's name some scenes from some of our favorite movies, or pick a scene that really, um, yeah. you know, you've seen so many times that you can you can quote it, or just you really think it's exceptional. I'll I'll okay. lead off with. Uh, the scene in *Inglorious Bastards*, which Tarantino is probably my favorite director, so I had to go with a Tarantino movie. And he does such an amazing job building the suspense and pressure of a scene. And the one I always think of is down in that basement bar um, with the three glasses. And you know, for those of you that haven't seen it, but basically they've infiltrated a Nazi. Um, 
party at a bar and uh, with an actress that they all know. I and mean, Michael Fassbender is the is the is that his name? Michael Fassbender, the guy who puts his fingers up the wrong way. I'm not sure the actor. He's also yeah, go ahead though. I'm sorry. Yeah, but like they infiltrate as you know impersonating Nazis and. They basically give them that they, they win over this crowd and they're drinking beer with them and all this but then they give away a telltale sign that they're not german and it leads to this like tense standoff and um you know eventually like this huge shootout but it's like exceptional um acting writing and just like this it's a very long scene that takes place yeah. with only a couple different camera angles it doesn't bounce around a lot it's like you got only a handful of actors and actresses that are really involved in this scene. It's not, there's not a whole ton of extra going on. Um, it's very isolated and yeah. it just sucks you in, you know, it just, it, it's one of those scenes that just, you're glued to the TV. And if I can jump in real quick, just say a couple of things. At that time, we were all running on short attention spans. Everybody has ADD and ADHD back in those days. And Quentin Tarantino said, I'm gonna make you sit and watch a scene for 10, 15 minutes in one single location with the same actors, minimal dialogue. I mean, it's all like two word sentences back and forth, mm -hmm. right? And just slowed everything down. We weren't ready for it, but it was there and we watched. Jim, go ahead. Yeah, so for me, that's the one I think of. Anthony, what's the scene that... Uh... You, know, you, you talked really earlier like about the Titanic scene where he said... <laughs> no, that said, was yours, me? Mike. Okay. Right. That was yours. Um, I don't know. I'm going to go more of a lighter route here just because I've seen this movie so many times. And um, it just... <laughs> it's just a oh, hilarious scene. And it, it's the, the battle scene in um, Anchorman. When all the different news, all the different <laughs> all right, yeah, right, news yeah. stations come in, yeah. it's just like star-studded. It is. I they mean, bring in all kinds well, of came out of nowhere. cameos. Like, I don't know about you guys, but I saw that movie in theaters. So you're watching it, and you're like, "What the fuck is going on?" Here? It's, just, <laughs> it's just, yeah, like you said, star-studded, and it came out of nowhere. You didn't expect it coming. And you're like, "Okay, I re go ahead, Anthony." Do you do you like do you like when? When movies do that, kind of bring in oh yeah, a famous yeah. actor, you know, like I mean, the, I, the best I one that. ever, the best one ever, in my opinion, is Wedding Crashers. I mean, oh, you're like eighty yeah. percent into that movie. You're thinking it's wrapping up toward the end, and in comes <laughs> Chaz. <laughs> yeah, no, that for sure, Anthony. Keep talking about it. I mean, uh, I mean, it's there's so many funny, you know, funny parts when cuts his arm off and <laughs> just running around <laughs> the guy's on fire running around and just being dragged in the uh, by the horses, <laughs> by horses. <laughs> i think the best part about it is that they just go so like nonchalant afterwards too like the scene after is just back to normal <laughs> nothing, nothing <laughs> like so basically basically the, the, the scene before and the scene after had no connection to the scene in right, between none, yeah. none. but but dude i remember watching anchorman in theaters and, and watching it and being like <laughs> i gotta be honest with you i watched it opening weekend and there was not a lot of laughs 
And I think it was because people were watching and be like, what is this? Yeah. Like it was something not seen. I mean, now everybody watches it and they're like, oh my gosh, this is fucking classic. It's hilarious. But it was so it new. It takes some time to catch on. It like, does, dude. Yeah. And you hit it, dude. You hit the nail on the head. Like, it's ahead of its time almost. Yeah, you was. know? Yeah. And it was like, what are we watching? But it was, obviously, it's a classic for sure. Um, what do you got, Mike? Have you guys ever seen True Romance? Anthony? No, I haven't. No. Jimmy? Mm-mm. I forget who directs it. Dennis Hopper, Christian Slater. Not any big names, but I believe this scene was directed by Quentin Tarantino. I think he guest directed this one scene. And basically, these Italian mobsters show up to interview this police officer. And this police officer's uh, son is the person they're after. And these Italian mobsters know that their son, that this, this cop's son had just visited him. But the cop is like, no, I haven't seen him in decades. So they're interviewing him. They start beating him up. He's like a security guard now, but they're punching him. Dennis Hopper plays the cop. You got to watch it. And, and Dennis Hopper, he knows they're going to kill him. So he asked them, are you guys Sicilian? And they're like, yeah. It gets kind of racial, so I'm not going to go too deep into it. But he totally just... Uh, he knows he's going to die, so he just goes for him. He, like, says, oh, you guys are Sicilian, and he just backhands them with an insult. And uh, the guy who's the, the lead mobster is Christopher Walken. Nice. And uh, it's so t- – it's, again, it's a long, drawn-out. It's a Quentin Tarantino scene. It's drawn out. It's, uh, you know – very few words it's just an exchange and you kind of know where everything is heading but you know you still want to watch and uh just uh just a brilliant brilliant scene i mean wow really good so true romance check it out the rest of the movie is eh but that one scene is just like And of course, on the Titanic movie, there's a scene where she paints. No, you're going to ask. (laughs) Have you ever had a situation in in real life where (laughs) you can immediately tie it to like a movie scene and it either like evokes more sadness if it's a sad situation or more happiness or whatever the case. Um, An example of this for me was um at the end of august i went to colorado with some of my high school buddies unfortunately two bums couldn't make it and uh we uh we rented a pontoon boat all right on this beautiful lake up in the up in the mountains of of colorado um called lake dillon right by breckenridge you know we're gonna you know basically just Drive wait, around wait. for a few the hours. The movie you're tying it into is it is it going to end up with Brokeback Mountain? Is that what <laughs> no, I hear pontoon in the no. mountains. But go ahead. Uh, but it is going to All American Classic Forrest Gump. So okay, all right. <laughs> we're getting on this pontoon, and the buddy Mark sees off <laughs> right. in the distance this massive storm cloud just coming right toward us. It's like <laughs> fuck. And, you know, we only have, like, our time slot to go on this pontoon boat for, like, two hours. So it can't sound like we can just wait for the storm to pass. Like, okay, we'll go on the lake. 
maybe we'll be able to like steer around it, which the lake's not that big. So that was not an option. Anyway, about 10 minutes into this, <laughs> we're seeing all the other boats on the lake headed toward the dock, but we're going to stay out there. Hopefully it, you know, um, doesn't hit. And sure as shit, the storm comes through and it just absolutely downpours on us. And the wind, the wind is whipping. It's like 60 degrees, but with, you know, uh, 20, 30 mile per hour winds, it's pouring rain. The, we're only ones on the lake. We're freezing our ass off. The pontoon has like this little stupid awning, but the rain's coming in like sideways. So, you know, it's just not doing anything. And it could have been very easy for us to just like go internal and like this sucks and like ruin the whole, you know, experience. And <laughs> Mark Lucas brought up, uh, the scene from Forrest Gump when uh, Lieutenant Dan and, and Gump are out on the fishing, on the shrimping boat, and he's like up in the, the pirate's uh, outlook, and he's like, <laughs> you call this a storm? Is that all you got? And it immediately just like made us all, you know, die of laughter and like, I don't know, changed our whole outlook on the situation just because it was really sure. funny to think of it in that context. And the storm ended up passing. It was a great time on the water, but... Um, you know, we needed something like that to like laugh about and think about um, in that moment. So you got anything that kind of you can relate to in that regard from a happy, sad, laugh, you know, cry perspective? Yeah, did you guys see? No, none that, none that come to mind, but I, none that come to mind, but I definitely know what you mean though, Jim, like just watch, watching. Like, you know, yeah, just watching like, like a, a sports you know uh sports movie pre-game talk before yep. you go do so, something you know just getting you all jacked to the tits i've got a quick story i used to work at ace hardware with another gentleman who was my age this is when we were 17 we worked at ace and we were two young kids and anybody who would come into the store uh, didn't even look at us twice didn't ask us for anything because we were two <laughs> young kids and uh, I like to think I knew more than all of them did, but whatever. We had a game we would play where we would say, um, we would tell people false advice <laughs> about fixing things in their house. <laughs> Completely false. And then if we could get them to say, like, I don't know, that doesn't sound right, we would invoke from Tommy Boy. I don't know if you remember that movie. Tommy <laughs> yeah. Boy, there's a phrase where he says, uh, I can get a good look at a T-bone steak and take my head up a bull's ass, but I'd rather take a butcher's word for it. Oh right? my so God. me and Kurt, uh, if we could get a guy to to call us on our bluff when we said something completely outrageous, um, we'd say, well, listen, hey. Uh, and we would repeat that phrase to them. And most of the time they'd laugh. Until this ex-Nazi came in. Now, this guy must have been 85 years old. He definitely worked at a camp in Germany. And he comes in. He has a cane. Okay, and he scoots over to the back aisle. And I, I go back there, and I walk with him. And he goes, uh, I'm looking for some, uh, I'm looking for some, some hardware to, to refasten my gutter. So I go and I get these like the largest screws that the comp that the company sells. You definitely shouldn't use them for your gutter. They're 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 not for that. They they probably would make your whole house leak. And I go, this is what you need. 
right here, guy. Let me, let me tell you something. I use these on my own house. This is what you need. He, goes, he, looks, he looks down at them. This guy used to be an SS guard. I'm not kidding. I, I could tell um, that he used to send people to the chamber. Okay. He was the one. And uh, he looks down at these fucking screws and he's like, he looks back up at me. He's like, I don't think I should put these in my house. I go, well, listen, you know, I can get a good look at a T-bone steak. I go through the whole, I go through the whole thing. I say it and I've never been in a more quiet place in my life. There was dead silence. He looked back up at me. And he's like, He looks at me, he looks down at the screws, he looks up at me. And uh, he looks at me, I look up at his eyes and there's nothing there, mm -hmm. nothing but just white noise. It's like when a TV goes static, those were his pupils, <laughs> just snow. And I'm like, I'm gonna go get somebody who might know more about this product <laughs> than me. So. I grab the nearest adult. I say, I don't feel well at all and I need to go home and uh, walk out the back. But uh, yeah, so movies are important, you see, because they really just, uh, they really just, uh, they allow you the brevity, they allow you to relax and, you know. God, I love that just, movie. Uh, I love Tommy it's Boy. It's a great movie. That oh, Nazi man. guard is probably dead now, so I feel free talking <laughs> about him. But uh, it is a great movie, obviously. Tommy Boy, Chris Farley, my God, just a fantastic um, movie, fantastic quotes, lines. And that's, again, another movie where it's like, is there any sustenance in this movie? Jimmy, is there any character arc? No, there's no arc. Then. But I enjoy watching it. There's Tom, it. Tommy Boy. That's how comedies are most of the time, you know? Dark comedies are a whole other <clears throat> animal, but... Uh, yeah. Chris Chris Farley grew in that movie. Tommy Boy grew in that movie. Yeah. Character development. I think it's one of David Spade's better movies. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. Compared to what? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I don't really like him anything else. What a Rob Lowe really good good movie. <laughs> so what do you think when people say the TV and movies rots your brain? That you know, we need to turn off the TV and no, open up books. What's your thoughts? It's yes and no. It's it's kind of a yes and no answer because yes, yeah, some TV does. It's pointless. It's gonna hurt harm you more than it's gonna help you, but it's another medium outlet to help challenge your brain a little bit and help you critical think in in ways. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think you. I think you're right, Anthony. I think there you, you got to pick and choose. Um, if I could make a quote real quick, uh, cinema should make you forget that you're sitting in a theater or a living room, wherever you might be. That was a mm. quote by Roman Plansky. Now he did do some shady stuff and with some underage girls, so I don't know if I should be quoting him, but I thought that was good and <laughs> encapsulate what it means that uh, when you're watching something, it should it should take you away. Yeah. From anything that you're dealing with right now. What you know, we all Absolutely. have different stresses, we all have different situations in our life. But watching this 
it, it can make you forget, but it can also make you remember. Um, For sure. You know, things that are important in your life. Uh, I also have another quote I just want to say real quick. The cinema incorporates the important place in the overall development. I didn't, I, you know, I can't read the writing too well, but it was by Kim Jong-un the second. Now, yeah, that's another guy who I don't know if I should be quoting, but he was a big fan of the cinema. And I just think uh, it's important that we give, you know. Speaking of uh, Kim Jong-un. The interview, great movie, hilarious. <laughs> Didn't see it, never saw it. Oh, that is a good movie. God, see it. It's a good movie. Okay. James Franco is so damn yeah. funny in that movie. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah I think uh, I think it's just dependent on the quality, the content of what you you choose to watch. You know, um, you can watch a documentary on, you know, World War Two, or you can turn it off and you know open up a magazine tabloid like it's you know yeah. i think it depends on the content like reading yeah. is obviously a great thing to do but i think okay. there's value to be had with all kinds of media consumption podcasts movies tv books the content's the important piece so i think what jimmy is saying if i can summarize what he's trying to uh, communicate is that uh in my opinion cinema ranks above all it is the titular art it is that which brings the most out of people. It dives deep into their soul and then puts out something, something that we have to reflect upon and look at and learn from. So to all you out there in a tall glass of podcast land, I want to just say, go watch a movie. Could be any movie. Could be Tommy Boy. Could be The Big Short. Could be Busty Cops too. But it's important that you take something from that movie and you learn something and you feel something and you take something from it. And as always, thanks for listening to the Tall Glass of Podcast. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.